Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Mario Lopez here, and I really hope you can check out my new podcast, Listen to Mario LTM. Going to be having some really cool, casual, in-depth conversations with a lot of amazing and fascinating people. Some of your favorite celebrities, everyday heroes, newsmakers, even some of my friends and a few of my family members. Definitely a side of me that you've never seen before. So please listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American, and uh, good to have you with me. Good to be with you. Good to be anywhere. Great to be here with you today. Coming up later will be Bobby Leach, who has great experience in operating helicopters in difficult conditions. Also later on at 2 o'clock is a uh, officer that's written a book about blue lives mattering, about what's going to happen in the Super Bowl, in which the NFL is going to pay to run anti-police officer spots, because that's what Colin Kaepernick wants and why that's happening in the National Football League of the Super Bowl is beyond me. But until then, Jay Ratliff, aviation consultant, expert, Jay Ratliff, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And, Jay, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. You've been studying this and, uh, of course, uh, running uh, airports, as you've done. Uh, Having looked at this, can you walk us through why the pilot, who had, I think, more than 8,000 hours on that particular helicopter, would have done what he did? What do we know at this point? I know the investigation, a week to 10 days will be the preliminary, et cetera. But what do we know at this point? Well, we know at this point that the, they're looking at weather as a contributing cause, perhaps. Uh, Bill, they're also looking at the, the maintenance uh, that was recently done on the aircraft to see if there's anything of significance there. And uh, they're basically going with what they have from an audio standpoint, uh, the conversations back and forth between air traffic control and the pilot. And uh, we learned uh, just recently that even though this particular helicopter can be equipped with a cockpit voice recorder, uh, it did not have one. It was not required to have one, and uh, there was not one there that uh, CVR certainly would have helped investigators to know what was going on in the cockpit as far as conversations, alarms, and things of this nature. So right now the uh, National Transportation Safety Board is running the investigation. They have even asked for individuals who might have pictures of not only what they suspect might be uh, uh, the chopper, but also any of the weather at that time that they might have pictures of so that the NTSB can compile that data as well as they try to figure out exactly what the weather conditions were at the time leading up to the accident and then at the time of the accident itself. Because right now we've got so many questions, we right. we really, really don't have the answers that we need. You have an experienced pilot that basically wanted to do a VFR or fly a visual flight rules on, on that flight during a time when we had some dense fog in the area. The NTSB will be looking at his his track record in similar situations. And, of course, that uh, part of the California during this time of year, it's frequent to have some dense fog in the area that lasts some time. So they'll be able to go back and compare it 
to other situations to see what uh, flight plans were filed by this individual. And uh, by all accounts, I mean, he was, goodness, someone with adequate uh, hours, uh, flight hours, uh, an instructor, and someone that uh, took safety at, uh, you know, as a priority any time that he flew. So uh, a lot of people are pointing, you know, fingers at him, Bill, saying it. it, it, pilot air, but again, we don't know if there's a mechanical problem. We don't know if the, if the gentleman had a, a health issue that might have occurred at the worst possible moment as far as a, you know, a heart attack, stroke, seizure, whatever, that could have contributed to losing control of the aircraft. Uh, we simply don't know. You know, I monitor this story out of the L.A. Times. There's a helicopter traffic reporter there named Jeff Wise who's written a scenario about what was going to happen. He said about 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, by the way, Kobe Bryant and his daughter uh, went to Mass at 7.30 a.m., and they were practicing Roman Catholics. And after his difficulties and troubles in 03 and, and 2011 involving women, he uh, was raised as a Roman Catholic in Italy, and uh, he, he and his family uh, were observant Catholics. So at 7.30 in the morning, they went to Mass, got out about 8.15, 8.30. They went to John Wayne Airport in Orange County, and they took off about 9 a.m. in a Sikorsky S-76 Helicopter built in 1991. It's called the Rolls Royce of helicopters. It's oh, it up to incredible. Canada. It's an incredible thing, and it was about a 70-mile trip to the Mama Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks. Normally, the flight would have taken 35 or 40 minutes to get there. They took a circuitous route, and this story uh, is wonderful about what went on about the thin haze. The pilot was flying, as you said, a VFR. The VFR meaning he was relying on his ability to see the terrain. He was following I-5 and 101, which pilots do. They simply follow the interstate to where they're going. Frequently. And uh, for the next 12 minutes, he was delayed over an airport at Van Nuys because he wasn't given permission for 12 minutes to go over the Van Nuys airport. So he just kind of hung out in the air about 1,200 feet waiting for permission. And then he goes over the Van Nuys airport, skirting downtown L.A. The pilot picked up Interstate 5, one of the state's main arteries, follow it north to Glendale, sort of a gateway between L.A. and the San Fernando Valley. To the left are the peaks of the Santa Monica Mountains disappeared. To the right were the Verdugo Hills, low-level aviation with a light haze. At this point, everything's fine, and the pilot is speculating. The kids are having fun. There's three girls on the plane. There's uh, there's, uh, six adults, and they're bantering back and forth in all probability. They slowed, and as they approached where they wanted to go, the mountains were clouded uh, at 1,100 feet, and you couldn't see, so he had a decision to make at that point. One decision was you can't fly into the mountains, obviously, so he wanted to go up. Another decision would have been I have to abort the flight. Uh, this looks dangerous. I'm going to put it down somewhere and get Uber or thirdly to go back at that point. And so when he went up into the clouds, it is thought it is like, as you know, uh, diving into a swimming pool of milk in which you can't see literally the hand in front of you. No. And uh, what what would have happened at that point, Jay? At that critical moment, 8,000 hours, he's got the kids. I'm sure they're laughing and having a good time. They're going to play basketball in an hour. And this pilot said at that point he had a decision to make, and he made the wrong decision. Well, and the other thing that we have to look at is, is the apparent speed of impact. Uh, that led that air uh, that uh, aircraft to, to the impact speed of 185, 190 miles an hour. Um, that gave us that debris field of more than than 100 yards. It's it's trying to connect the dots as far as the decision making, what happened with the aircraft itself, and the timing. 
that's really critical here. And we've, we've been hearing from a, a lot of so-called eyewitnesses that are saying how the chopper was hovering just above them and slowly made its way over, and then 20-some seconds later there was a crash. And I'm thinking that doesn't make sense from what we what we do know as far as the speed of the airplane. Uh, Bill, if somebody's ho- hovering over to your, your house, yeah. you know, checking out the, the, the luxury estate there, and, you know, they're flying off. They're not going to warp to 185 miles an hour in just a few seconds. No. Uh, and to be followed by some sort of an accident. So right now there's a, there's a lot of conflicting data, even though I don't put a whole lot of stock in the eyewitness accounts. I learned a long time ago that you get three people standing shoulder to shoulder. They will give you separately three completely different accounts of what happened because it's just difficult to process when you've witnessed some sort of a, of a tragedy like that, when you're trying to recount what you think you saw or think that you heard. So, you know, I, I don't put much stock there, so it's going to come down to the NTSB to figure out what happens, because if you're in that environment where you cannot uh, determine, you know, what's going on around you, there's, a, there's a, a time when the pilots can actually become disoriented to the point that they'll maneuver their aircraft in an unsafe manner and lose control of it. Uh, it was the summer of, I believe, 99 with G.F. Kennedy Jr. When he was flying his airplane, he was a uh, VFR a pilot. He was not uh, um, certified to fly by instruments, and he was doing a visual approach as he was flying. He lost uh, the, the visual under him, and he became disoriented. And a lot of times your body in such a way, it, it can trick you into thinking that you need to turn the aircraft this way or that way, and quickly you lose control of the airplane, and then it's out of control, and you're trying to rely on your senses, which are, are undependable no. at, at that point in time, to help regain control of the aircraft. And then all that does is lead to just a, you know, a horrific end with the, whatever aircraft it is, airplane or helicopter, crashing. And there's some speculation that that might be the case here. But Again, there's a lot of things that we have to cover first before we can get to that point, and that's why, you know, people don't like to hear it. But this is going to be a 10 or 12 month, you know, investigation till we get the final report uh, that the, the NTSB will say this is the probable cause, or here are the probable causes uh, on what uh, what took place. I don't know that it'll be. We'll never know. We'll have a pretty good idea once this investigation is complete. Right. They've got the physical evidence at hand, and uh, the other information that we have from some uh, satellite data tracking and things of the flight, independent of anything that's been released so far, and uh, that gives us some information. And uh, the NTSB is an all-star team, Bill. Uh, yeah, they, they, are. they do an incredible job, and I suspect as we move forward, they'll give us uh, many, many answers. Jay Ratlin, let me share with you and see if this makes sense to you. This helicopter pilot who who's operated this particular helicopter said, based upon my own experience flying this particular aircraft, the sudden intensification of danger creates a sense of mental overload in which it nearly is impossible to rationally weigh one's various options. Instead, one takes the most immediate and obvious choice. At this point, probably the kids are screaming because the helicopter is enveloped in fog and you can't see out. Uh, and so at this point, he hard 180 to retreat from the dangerous terrain. 18 seconds after beginning the turn, the helicopter lost 800 feet and returned to an easterly heading. What the pilot had failed to reckon with was the fact that the ground rose not only straight ahead but on the sides as well. So the S-76B that I have flown for thousands of hours had impacted a hillside at a speed of 170 miles an hour. That uh, that would be, uh, although the speculation on what was going inside the cabin, I, you know, it's just that speculation. Uh, but, Bill, it very well could, could be the case because, I mean, 
there's a lot of times even the most experienced commercial pilots that have 15, 16,000 hours of, of flight experience will at times allow the emotion of the moment to overtake them, and it overtakes their training. And as a result, some bad decisions are made. And, and in this case, unfortunately, we only had one pilot, not two. And you, many times this particular aircraft, which you mentioned, have been around since the early 90s, is equipped uh, where there can be two pilots. Initially, when this thing was introduced, it was to ferry uh, workers out to the uh, oil rigs off off the coast in some of the most difficult weather. And it's a very rugged machine that is, again, from a technology standpoint, it is it's an incredible uh, aircraft that many communities use as their air ambulance or you know their care flights. And it's you know it, because it's a very proven and rugged aircraft. Uh, the problem is when you're dealing with an experienced pilot or an inexperienced one, uh, when you have that emotion of the moment overtake things, sometimes some very quick and emotional decisions are made that turn out to be tragically wrong, and they have the kind of con kind of consequences that we have here. But again, I'm not going to say that it's pilot error at this point in time because we have so many boxes right. that we have to check, including they will still do with the remains that they find to make sure there was no alcohol, uh, drugs, or anything like that within the pilot himself. Not that that's, that's a consideration, but Possible. it's just one of the boxes that they have to check as they go through their very thorough uh, and exhaustive uh, investigation. It's possible. Heart attack went to the left. Possible. Drugs went to the left. Possible. Whatever it might be. A mechanical error. It's possible. I know, just generally speaking, helicopters, if helicopters, I perceive, are much more dangerous than small planes, the best way to travel is with Frontier or Delta. You, you got <laughs> flight attendants, people around you, whatever it is it is. I, but I have a rule about a small plane. It's got to be two pilots and two engines, and I, I resist it to do it. Con the last time I flew was with Hannity. And they had two pilots. There were 12 people. I felt a little bit safer than I would in a helicopter. Would you yeah. get on a helicopter in that environment? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, Sherry and I were in a helicopter just a couple of months ago when we were in the Vegas. We went out to have I did that. To, I did that. Grand, yeah, yeah, the Grand Canyon at the you know, sunset. So yeah, I, yeah, I like helicopters because it feels like you're flying. I mean, with the airplanes, you take off, you level off, you go, occasional turn. I mean, boring. Helicopters, I mean, you, you know, there's a little bit of movement, dips and things, and, you know, you, mm. you can enjoy flying a little bit more. So, but again, we've, we have frequent uh, incidents like, the, you know, we had the helicopter crash in, in um, uh, Hawaii here just recently, yeah. and, and several other that tend to make the news. And sometimes it's a technology issue, a mechanical issue, pilot error, or a bunch of different things. But, you know, Bill, hopefully we can honor the lives of those that were lost. Uh, in this particular situation in, in California by the NTSB finding out what happened and then coming out with something that will help us to reduce the likelihood of it ever happening again uh, because really that's the only thing that we can do to honor the, the memory of those that were lost is by trying to you know save future lives by enhancing uh, whatever it might be, training technology uh, or, you know, something that goes on with air traffic control. And, again, it's it, it could have been a drone in the area that the air. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Craft collided with. Now, that's ridiculous. It probably would be the case. But you have to consider it because you have to consider everything when you have an investigation such as this because you can't allow what you perceive could have been the case to lead the investigation. You look Look at the, the evidence that you have, and you allow the evidence to dictate the course of the investigation. And you know that so well with your legal training. You have to allow that evidence to dictate the, the steps that you take. I kind of look at it this way. I listened to Yid Man the other day talk about his crash on 275. Mm-hmm. Nancy McCormick, who I knew, uh, killed in a helicopter. Bobby Leach, but Bobby Leach is coming on in about uh, 40 minutes. That'll be he, fascinating. Uh, he, he's crashed two or three times and lived. I don't know too many people who've gone through two or three helicopter <laughs> crashes like Bobby Leach that would come on the air, and he's alive. And Yid's alive. Nancy McCormick is, and I'm thinking, yeah. you know, that's too dangerous for me. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. to live. Yeah, well, it's a great lineup, Bill, and, uh, you know, again, a lot of uh, good insight with regards to what's going on because right now we have far more questions than we have answers for. But, you know, having that kind of experience – yeah, at, at your at the at your uh, you know convenience there is uh, certainly going to help. And the thing is, we're talking about a, a youth basketball game, and yeah. uh, Kobe Bryant traveled in that helicopter literally thousands of times. He was twenty minute drive from the Staples Center to play basketball if there was no traffic at all. In traffic, he said each time was two hours to get there and two hours back. In L.A. traffic, we don't have traffic in Cincinnati. Oh, no. They got traffic in Los Angeles. You get out there on the L.A. highway and you see eight lanes on each side of the Stop. interstate. You, you know that you've got something going on. But, yeah, to him that was just like an SUV. I, mean, yeah, I don't blame him at all. Go, and if, if you've got the means, and, and it's tragic, Bill, because you, you think about, you know, you and I have been around professional athletes all of our lives and how many of them spent their entire career working and not spending much time with their kids. And a lot of them resented the fact that they, they didn't have that quality time with their kids. And Kobe was at a point where yeah. he could enjoy his family. And, and he um, did. You know, he look did. forward as any, you know, any dad or parent would do uh, to the time that he could give his children, uh, given, uh, you know, the success he'd had and the availability of time. Yeah. And it just makes it even that much more tragic. Jay Ratliff, thank you for sharing your opinions and thoughts on this. And once again, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show on the CuterHearingCenter.com hotline. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Bill. All right, thank you, guys. Jay Ratliff. All right, let's continue with more. And uh, your reaction, your comments, if you have some experience in the helicopter and these kinds of things, seven four nine seven thousand is someone to blame? What's happening is disproportionate. Is it like a princess die situation where the entire nation is enwrapped in this thing, along with the impeachment uh, mess? And it is a mess. We have an election coming up. Let's elect our next leader and not have the Washington elite deciding for us who it's going to be this close. Seven four nine seven thousand pound seven hundred. The new AT and T and at one oh seven today. Bobby Leach will be here to talk about crashing in a helicopter. I think twice. Might have been three times. Then after two o'clock today is a former cop. But why is the National Football League taking an anti-cop attitude in the Super Bowl? Let's continue with more. 1226, Bill Cunningham, 700, WLW. 
Right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, and uh, these tragedies happen in your life. You've had tragedies, I would imagine, of one type or another. I hark back to the days when uh, you get a knock on the call and knock on the door about 2 or 3 a.m. from a police officer, and your son or daughter is out in a car, and your heart drops. Terrible catastrophe. And uh, I've asked uh, some religious individuals like Brian Tomes and Catholic priests, how do you handle these things, and why would God permit such things to occur? When it's so horrible and unforgivable, I would imagine that the few seconds before death, Kobe would say, take me, Lord, and let Gigi live, whatever it is. But sometimes you find yourself in a circumstance that you simply uh, cannot understand. Don't understand it. It's hard. It's difficult. It's impossible to realize why a loving and a good God permits these things to transpire. I know one good thing for Kobe. He demonstrated at the end of his life, at least the last seven or eight years, that he became a dutiful husband and a father once again, embraced the Roman Catholic faith, attended Mass on a regular basis, and tried to become a great role model for his four, for his four daughters and for Vanessa. And the tragedy is Vanessa uh, at home now with uh, three children without Gigi and without her husband. And uh, I cannot explain why such unbelievable tragedies transpire. Let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, 513-749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. 1230, the home of your Reds, making big moves and big trades always on News Radio 700, WLW. All right, Billy Cunningham, we have uh, Duke on his cell phone. Uh, Kobe and Vanessa Bryant made an agreement, a pact to never fly together on the same helicopter. And uh, those uh, killed, Bryant, of course, 41, and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, nickname is Gigi. The victims include a college baseball coach, John Ottobelli, his daughter, Elisa Altabelli, and wife, Carrie Altabelli, girls basketball coach, Christina Mauser, mom, Sarah Chester, uh, and 13-year-old daughter. And, of course, uh, her, her name is Peyton Chester. And the pilot, uh, the guy's name is Era Zobayan, who was always picked by Kobe as the best pilot for this circumstance. And he was flying by something called Special Visual Flight Rules, which uh, allows to fly by sight and worse than normal visibility in the controlled airspace. And he was at 1,400 feet, veered from Highway 101 below and smashed into the Calabasas Hills at about 170 miles an hour. And uh, Rachel's going to have up on the blog some of the photos of this uh, inferno as the helicopter struck the hills at a high rate of speed. It uh, exploded into an inferno that was several hundred yards across and and uh, there were some bikers up there on, on some mountain bikes that took some photos. We're going to have them on the blog in about an hour or so. So let's continue with this until after 1 o'clock. And Bobby Leach will be here, who has crashed in two helicopters and survived. He was, uh, of course, a good friend of Nancy McCormick, who perished in one of the incidents. And Dave Yudi Armbruster will be here in about 45 minutes. But until then, Duke and then many others. And Duke, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Duke, how are you? Hi, Bill. Hey, uh I was a uh, crash investigator for the Air Force for many years before I retired. And something um, your guest on that you had earlier, the aviation guy, said struck me uh, kind of funny. He talked about how the well, – he said the NTSB, what did he call them, all-stars, superstars? Yep. I can't remember what he said. Yep. Um, I will tell you this. I've worked with the NTSB uh, as an Air Force representative to investigations where uh, a uh, commercial or privately owned aircraft that – is also used by the Air Force. Uh, you know, we had a vested interest in, in following what was going on. And I can tell you that the, 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 the 
feet on the ground kind of guys, the actual investigators, uh, are first rate. They're as, they're as good as, as any I ever saw anywhere uh, in the U.S. or out any place. But the NTSB is a, is a very political uh, entity. Hmm. Uh, people that, that are on the, the uh, I forget what the governing body is, but they're political appointees. And, and at the end of the NTS investigation, you have what's called the NTSB hearing. Um, been to a few of these. Um, the one case in point that most people are in this area would be familiar with, remember back in, I think it was 83, we had the Air Canada airplane come into uh, Cincinnati on yes. fire. And, yes. uh, okay. Well, I, again, representing the Air Force, I attended that hearing. Uh, was the first one I ever attended, and and I, I must tell you, I was uh, absolutely amazed uh, how these hearings go. It it's more of a almost like a, a civil uh, legal proceeding. Anybody and everybody who has a, uh, a you know a, a some degree of interest in this in a mishap uh, in the Cincinnati uh, Air Canada accident, for example. Obviously, uh, McDonnell Douglas, who built the aircraft, was there. Uh, the people who built the lavatory, uh, for the, put the lavatory, integrated the lavatory into the aircraft were there. There were representatives from the Canadian Airline Pilots Association, the Canadian Flight Attendants Association, people from uh, uh, CBG's firefighting uh, uh, department. Uh, the FAA were represented because their uh, – uh, their air traffic controllers were were communicating with with all these people. So so it had you know it had uh, so many different uh, parties uh, who had a, a vested interest in this, and it was kind of like a, a round robin civil trial. So mm -hmm. you would put a representative from from one of those entities, like say the, uh, the the laboratory manufacturer, and every one of the lawyers, and these were sharp lawyers who were representing all the other entities, and they were they were going just round-robining, taking turns, trying to uh, uh, pin the blame on the other outfit, you know, I whoever see. it was. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I can tell you, that's very different than the way the, the U.S. military investigates our mishaps. We, we look to determine causes to prevent future mishaps. When I what I what I saw with the NTSB, it was, yeah, that was part of it, but it was much more much more uh, attuned to to the, the, the political and uh, liability aspects of it. For example, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but to this day, there has never been a a cause uh, determined for that Air Canada airplane that killed I think it was 23 people. Why is that, Duke? Why is that? Why couldn't they say it's probably this? Because in America's litigious society, you got to pin the tail in somebody's donkey, and so you want to have the. And then there's lawyers running around. So why, after what almost forty years, they can't discover why Air Canada crashed here in Cincinnati? Why? Well, it, it didn't crash. It, it made a it made an emergency landing, and it was on fire. And there was a fire that started in the laboratory. And, and there were several theories on, on uh, what started it, but nothing that anybody was willing to, to you know, to pin down. And, you know, there was no belly button, right? I mean, yeah. nobody was willing to say this caused it. And, and I think part of that, again, this is just my opinion. This is not the opinion of the U.S. military, the United States Air Force. But my opinion was it was 
aspects of it. Nobody wanted to come out and and come out with a, a specific reason that uh, would result in uh, you know in liability. Now I'm certain that many people did wind up suing Air Canada. Sure. Uh, but I'm talking about in terms of the root cause of the uh, of the event fire was never determined. And isn't and that unusual? Know, isn't that awfully unusual? Uh, it would ha- it happens more than you would think. I will tell you that that like eighty percent. Uh, of, of aircraft mishaps are eventually attributed to pilot error. Right. Um, and, and I will tell you that, yeah, pilot error accounts for a large number of mishaps. But, but I also uh, strongly believe that a lot of times uh, these are, uh, for lack of a better term, cause them, uh, call them uh, causal determinations of exclusion. They can't find anything else. So, hmm. That one's usually, the, obviously, uh, in most cases in, like this, the pilot would be dead. There's no one there to defend him unless it's the, you know, the, the pilot association, so forth and so on. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I assume they can say in this terrible crash that the bodies have all been consumed. You can't prove whether he was on drugs. You can't prove mecha- mechanical mistake or error because the whole thing is uh, exploded. You're not, not sure about that. All you can do with is what happened. And uh, why would you be, put yourself in that circumstance? The answer is obviously nobody knowing the outcome would have done it. But I'm told from other pilots those things happen similarly all the time, especially in California with the fog. If you've been in and around San Francisco when the fog rolls in, one moment it's there and the next moment it's not. And if you're in a clear air situation and suddenly you're surrounded uh, by fog, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm not a pilot, Bill. And but, one of the things you one of the things you learn in this business is you never speculate. You follow the evidence. So, but I will tell you that, that I, I think it will be. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm very sorry that the event happened. I feel, you know, obviously uh, uh, great, uh, great empathy for the people who who were killed and their families. But I am looking forward to seeing the NTSB hearing. I, I can almost guarantee, because of the high publicity nature of this, this hearing will probably be uh, on live television somewhere. Uh, and I think it's going to be one of the more spectacular and more politically motivated, uh, you know, public relations exercises uh, that, that you will have ever, I would have ever seen in an NTSB hearing. Because the Sikorsky, the actual manufacturer, is going to be their representative. And I can imagine the lawyers and the lawsuits are getting together already. There were innocent parties there that were killed because of the activities of the pilot. If you can pin it all on the pilot, I assume that's not a very deep pocket. If you can pin it on the Sikorsky helicopter, those are deep pockets. So, of course, as attorneys, you want to have a collectible party. And, and, and I would think maybe, possibly, that... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
cards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. The civilians with Kobe Bryant would say, okay, you put us in that situation. I can see attorneys representing some of the other innocent parties not named Bryant to sue Kobe Bryant because they may, he made the decision to hire the pilot, and that was negligent according to the view of some. This thing litigiously is going to work out for a long time, but the collectible parties would be the helicopter manufacturer and Kobe Bryant himself. And so the parties yeah. that were killed because of his decision yeah, are going to be sued. Now, you hate to say that, but... While the bodies, I understand three of the four corpses have been located and remains have been found and the rest are still there. But nonetheless, uh, uh, the lawyers are already speculating who to represent and who to sue, which is kind of sad. Yeah. One other comment, Bill, that, that I, again, assuming what I'm reading in the media is correct, the, the numbers associated with this crash are, are just mind-blowing to me. And again, I think your previous guest kind of alluded to this. They were flying at 170, 180 miles an hour. They went up to 2,000 feet. And then, uh, just before the crash, they were descending at 4,000 feet per minute. Mm. And they flew into a, it flew into a, uh, uh, a hill or whatever you want to call it that was, I think, 1,600 feet above sea level. So why somebody would drop from, you know, you, you know, I mean, the pilot must have known what the terrain around there was like. Why somebody would drop uh, at 4,000 feet a minute, I mean, that's that's pretty quick. Uh, you know, when you've only got, at most when you've only got uh, 2,000 feet to play with, and clearly he had less than that, I mean, you know, because of the, the, the uh, terrain clearance issue, those numbers don't make sense. This is one I'm going to be interested to see if the, if the NTSB can unravel. Why was the guy going that fast, and especially why was he uh, why was he descending at such a high rate in an area where there was uh, you know wow. high terrain? Something, something doesn't make sense. You just do simple math. It something doesn't make sense. And what you could do is simply couldn't you just take it down? Couldn't you just when you're in a situation where where you're operating the helicopter, you're only about two miles away from where you're going. All of a sudden, you're flying toward an area and there's clouds all around you. Unlike an airplane in a helicopter, couldn't you just hover and go down rather than fly into the fog? Well, sure. I mean, you can hover, uh, but uh, you know, understand hovering uh, takes a lot of uh, a lot of gas. It takes more more fuel to hover than it does to fly. Uh, is what I've been told. I'm not a helicopter guy, but this is what I've been told. And so, uh, you know, who knows what his fuel state was? Maybe he was maybe he was worried about running out of fuel. I don't know how long he'd been in the air total, and I don't know what the, the fuel consumption rate of the, that's a pretty good sized helicopter. I think it's a twin engine helicopter. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. The answer is yes. I mean, it's different than an airplane. You, you know, a helicopter you can land in a Kroger's parking lot, right? I mean, right. it's just a question of. But you have to be able to see that parking lot. Uh, you know, the safe thing to do would be to go almost straight up without going. You know, you're not you're not going to fly into a mountain coming upwards. You know, uh, I mean, I guess it's possible to have overhangs and things like that. But but you know, probably your your safest bet is to go up very slowly, get up to where you're above the uh, above the fog, and then. You know, wow. look for a place where you can find a, a hole in a hole in the fog and go land somewhere. I mean, wow. what were they worried? 
being 20 minutes late to a basketball game? Correct. Now? I, mean, I mean, it's a basketball game. It's not like an emergency. I, I've seen out of KTLA in L.A. a lot of the pilots, of course, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department were not operating their aircraft in those conditions because of danger. But this wasn't saving somebody's life. This was a youth basketball game. And, and so I, anybody would understand if you're late. So the best thing to do is keep going up. You, there's no mountains above you because you're going straight up. And at some point, that had the ability to fly at 14,000 feet. And, and so it, he, he, was, he had 10, 12, two more miles to go up. And at some point, it's going to clear. And at that point, you have time to say, okay, calm down. Get back to air traffic control. Well, I think I know where I am. Give me some suggestion as to how to get out of this. Then, he, But at some point, within a few seconds, it looked to me like he made bad decisions. He panicked. Probably the occupants were screaming, hollering, and shouting or whatever, and he had a split-second decision and made the wrong one. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I, I won't speculate on anything like that. I will just say that the numbers don't make sense to me. Something doesn't seem right. I mean, uh, in the worst case, it's, it's the guy made a huge mistake. But but I would never speculate until we see until I would see data from an actual mishap. I, I didn't speculate. And it's so amazing how you can get that. I'm looking at the photos on my left of the actual scene taken by some uh, dirt bikers. This was an inferno. This was and the and the and as far as the helicopter, it's over a quarter mile area. It exploded when it hit the ground. And it's amazing yeah. that NTSB or other could actually be in a circumstance where they could discover what happened based upon that record. And the one thing I often say with great respect, the men and women, when there's a crash on I-71 and it's your job to go pick up the bodies, NTSB has a go team. And think about that job. You're waiting to fly somewhere and have to deal with those circumstances around you, the babies, the men, the women, and the body parts and the ugliness. It's amazing we have men and women that will do that for a living and do it well. So you're saying even with the Sigorsky helicopter basically in pieces over a couple of acres, NTSB will likely be able to find a cause. I, I believe so. And I was one of those people you were describing. I was one of those people that had to, you know, that picked up body parts and had to do that over the years. It's not, uh, it's not, you know, it's not pleasant, but it's necessary. It's, you know, you're, you, you have to keep your in mind while you're doing this that you're trying to keep from ever having to do this again. I imagine uh, it's I, I, Duke. I respect you a lot for how you made your living because a lot of us couldn't do that. It's just it's too heart rendering. It's too difficult. And I don't care about the rich and famous. I care about everyday people like you and I that find ourselves in circumstances sometimes beyond our control, and we need help. And uh, and the idea that Kobe Bryant uh, was in that circumstance, all the money in the world, he was rushing to get to a basketball game, and because he didn't want to travel the seventy miles. But I, I would think. He was, according to his media accounts I'm seeing, that that was his go-to way to travel in Los Angeles because of the traffic. We don't have traffic in Cincinnati. Los Angeles has traffic, and it was 70 miles. It might have taken him an hour and a half to have, got, to have gotten there, and it was scheduled to be like a 30-minute flight. And, and it started yeah. off so smoothly, and then he, the pilot, who is his favorite pilot, that Kobe always wanted that particular pilot to, to take care of him. Uh, and uh, I'm sure it was a joyous morning that turned into a living hell for the family. Yeah, so. I have great faith in my uh, in my NTSB colleagues who are out on the ground uh, doing this work. Uh, good people, very competent people. My uh, my loss of confidence comes when it gets up into the actual hearing phase, and then that's when politics come in. And I, I think this is going to be. Uh, 
very interesting to watch. I think it's going to become a media circus. Think, oh, think, think, oh. Judge, think, Judge, think, Judge Ito. Oh my you know, God. Think, Oh. I mean, it's it's going to get that. You know, it's going to get that kind of coverage. It will, and the the fact is, lawyers in Los Angeles are trying to pick out which clients to represent in order to get the uh, most return for those who died, either because of the pilot, the helicopter, or Kobe Bryant's decision. And the collectible parties are Kobe Bryant and the helicopter manufacturer, and that's what lawyers do. And I, I think that's kind of sad for my profession. Would you agree? Well, Bill, we, we all have our we all have our wants in life, right? I mean, uh, we do what we do best and what we you know what we contribute. And uh, I have no problem with lawyers. <laughs> Me neither. I'm married to one, but uh, that's all right. Uh, Duke, thank you, and thank you for your perspective from an investigator at NTSB. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, let's continue with more coming up in about ten minutes. Is Bobby Leach spent about ten to fifteen years for uh, fifty-five KRC, also GRR, and also Channel Twelve. And uh, doing helicopter traffic, and as I, if memory serves me correctly, Bobby Leach himself has crashed about two times. So let's continue with more. Twelve fifty-five, the home of your Reds. Big news this morning: the team is now, I, I think, favored to win the National League uh, Central. What do you say? That says no, but I, I say yes. I say the team is better positioned than Milwaukee or St. Louis or Chicago. At your home of the Reds, News Radio seven hundred WLW. Now, let's continue now in about one hour. Why is the NFL anti-cop? I have a guest on that talks about their uh, Super Bowl ad coming up that uh, vilifies police officers. But until then, Bobby Leach, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And, Bobby, how are you? Doing fine, Bill. Thank you very much. Let's give some pedigree now. Talk about your past as a helicopter pilot, et cetera, for those who may be uninitiated. Well, actually, my first traffic report, when uh, John, you, Randy Michaels, and Dan Allen left Taft Broadcasting, to go over to what was it, Seven Hills? 83. Yep. Summer of 83. Yep. And uh, I actually did traffic the first day or two that John had gone over here. And uh, Richard Hunt, who was news director at uh, 55KRC at the time, uh, decided he wanted to keep it in the news department. And I was in programming. And back then, you actually had separation of powers. And um, that's um, when Nancy McCormick started doing traffic. 455. 455. And, um, and, uh, and then, of course, we know what happened with, uh, with Nancy, you know, three and a half years later. I was there at the time. And um, the situation, I guess, with uh, Kobe Bryant is pretty much the uh, same situation with uh, what had happened to her. Talk um, about Nancy McCormick. The great majority of our listeners right now have no idea who she was. What to, explain what happened to Nancy McCormick, which is the same thing that happened to Kobe Bryant. Yeah, it, uh, it's disorientation. Uh, the uh, helicopter, uh, there was three helicopters that took off from uh, Lunkin that day. Of course, there was the WLW helicopter. I think Mike Redden, Mad Dog, was flying that with, uh, with John. Um, route, uh, Lieutenant Stanley. From uh, he was with I guess CKY and Wink at the time. Right. There's three three news departments in town. That had all the, fighting like crazy. All fighting like crazy. You had SAI, you had KRC and WLW, and it was for the you know actually it was you know the news presence. News was big. I mean it was you know it, it's what everybody you know uh, listened for in the mornings. And of course you had uh, the three great news departments. Uh, two really combating, which was 55 and 700. We and fought was, like uh, the, the Reds and the oh, Cardinals, the Bengals and the Browns, whatever it was. Absolutely, you know. But uh, but so you know, there, so there was that competition, and they the, the two helicopters took off, and then uh, I, I, I know um, uh, 
Lieutenant Stanley's helicopter decided not to go because the the hole had closed at Lunkin. And you know, to be to be fair about it, uh, we uh, even when I was flying, we would you would look at the weather and say, okay, we can go ahead and go up. Your choice, in other yeah, words, it was our nobody choice. told. But there was pressure to fly. There was never, uh, from my standpoint, there was never ever any pressure for me to fly. It was between me and the and the and the pilot. Um, I didn't fly. I, I mean, I didn't have a license. Now I got three logbooks full of of, of top flight time because I flew the helicopter and the airplane most of the time we were up. But um, but I had to have a licensed pilot because I, I never went for my license. So when I first um, you know what had happened was, of course, with with Nancy and uh, and the uh, helicopter. The first helicopter, Mad Dogs, took off first, and then Nancy's helicopter was second to go through. Well, as and Sunken Lunken, they call it Sunken Lunken for a reason, and the uh, the hole closed up rapidly on on them. And when that happens, and you're flying visual flight, which is the same thing that happened with Kobe's helicopter. Um, you lose equilibrium. I mean, vertigo. Uh, it 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 becomes a very real. Um, it's hard to explain, but um, imagine closing your eyes and you're riding, you know, maybe a ride at Kings Island uh, that takes you upside down and around, and that's basically the way you feel. But you're flying straight. But you so don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know that. Uh, and uh, how I know all about it, we well, I've had a couple of times where it was, you know, we didn't want to have it happen, but it did. But when I first started flying, they, I was talking to my pilot and he goes, well, let me show you what it's like. And we found, uh, some really heavy clouds wise. And he told me not to look at the instruments just to look out the, look out, look the, out window. the window and you have no idea what's up, what's down. And there were times that we would be flying, and I think, if I remember correctly, airplanes, we did fixed wing and helicopter. So bad weather, the bad weather you do helicopter, nice weather you do fixed wing. And you're flying about 2,000 feet. I think it was with the airplane, which is 2,000 feet sea level, not off the terrain. It, you're obviously a lot closer to the hills and things around here. Uh, helicopter was 1,200 feet, 800 to 1,200 right. feet, I believe. Um, the main thing you had to worry about there, of course, was, was radio towers and, and, uh, and that ilk. The good thing about this area, uh, L.A. Had, had, has a mountain range in behind of it. Here, it, it's when you get into the valleys. When you're up in this area around Blue Ash and this area, it's all flat. And we were always, both helicopter and airplane, always looking at, well, we could land there if we had to. We could land there if we had to. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Got a Kroger parking lot. You got Kenwood. Well, you got Florence. I, I had a we had a we had a uh, small fire under uh, seat of my helicopter um, 
and Ted Forco, who was flying me at the time, uh, we put it down at the Kenwood Mall when it was the Kenwood you Mall. You had a fire under your seat in a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, what it had, the wire shorted out, and that uh, cabin filled up with smoke. So we had That's to, not good. No, it wasn't good. It, it, it didn't smell good either. So we had land over at the Kenwood uh, Mall. Uh, on, it was like Christmas week. And you know how traffic was right. with, with Christmas shopping. So the funny thing was, once we landed, everybody's looking at us like, what's going on? You know, and and we're both getting out of the helicopter and we're fanning the smoke out of the helicopter. And we started, we pulled up the seat looking, see, okay, it's a minor wiring problem. We can still fly the helicopter. So what I had to do was get out, stop traffic, make cars back up because we had to get over the wires, <laughs> over the over the, over the the telephone wires. And then we had the traffic back up. And um, and then I got back in the helicopter, and then we just took off. And, took off. And, and landed. Explain the situation, because a lot, of, a lot of civilians don't understand this. You you have a Sigorsky, which seats up to up to 10. They had eight. They had three kids, and they had a total of five other adults, one the pilot. They had four adults, and they had the three kids. And they're going to a youth basketball game, which is 70 miles away. So it was 70, 70 miles away. It should have taken about 25 minutes to they get there. They were within 17 miles when the helicopter they, went they, down. They weren't that so when you're in the helicopter and it's clear and you look ahead of you and he's well familiar with this terrain, gone there many times, why did he fly into the clouds to go up? Why didn't he just put it down there and say, this is dangerous? Well, what, what he's, first off, he's, he's doing um, I, uh, visual flight, not IFR. If he had done IFR, uh, and this is what happens with, uh, with L.A. and even in Cincinnati, when we would fly, you have to get transition permission from the various airports to go into their airspace, which is what he would have had to do with with the the the, um, uh, the VF or the IFR rather, and so um, he was flying below the IFR conditions for VFR only. Well, normally you would you know if you have a problem, you can you you can look and see the roadways, know what highway you're following. Right. But things had gotten so bad at that point in time, and I know on one of the reports that 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 uh, you you had sent to me, and, and I read, and I was reading what the pilot said, and it, you have a tendency to want to second-guess yourself. And there's so many things going on around you at the time, uh, whether it's, you know, your instruments, your radio, you're, you're talking on the radio to the, to the controllers, and should you bank to the right, should you go straight, should you go down, should you go up? And when he was in that situation, apparently the way, they read, the way it read, he, if he had gone straight or gone down, it would have been fine. He had landed, in other words. But he was trying to continue on his flight, and he took a right. And when he took that right, is where he went into the hillside, into that, um, into that, um, into that mountain there in L.A. Uh, again, he lost visuals. One of the things I also heard was that he had uh, got, I guess, the highways. Uh, one hundred one and five. Yeah, one and, and he thought he was on one hundred one or following one hundred one, and he was on on the wrong highway at the time. And again, you're you're doing all this from air visuals. And you're in control of the, of the helicopter. Plus, you're doing all the instruments. You're doing the, uh, you know, like I said, you're you're you're, you're talking with with the uh, the uh, controllers. And you're not talking just to one controller. You're talking to multiple airports. Because they know, got to Van Nuys, they had to wait. Yeah, now, they're going to Van Nuys, and it's a smaller airport. But you can't just go over the top of Van Nuys Airport. You got to wait back for permission, and that took an extra 15 minutes just to hover, just to wait to get permission to go forward. I know when we did uh, when I was doing uh, traffic, we would have to, uh, we would do a transition here at uh, at uh, Kenwood Hill. For Lunkin, because Lunkin at that time was a controlled airport, um, and then once you got into downtown, uh, you couldn't go past the top of the Cutting Hill without getting into greater airspace. 
and to get into great to go south into Florence and those areas to do traffic was n- near impossible because of the amount of traffic coming in and out of Greater. But once in a while, we would get permission to fly south of 275, uh, but we couldn't hang around. We had to, you know, go down and see what the accident was and get the heck back out of their airspace. And then we would rarely go over to Lawrenceburg. Same story because of the uh, the west side missed out on a lot of airborne traffic because of of, of the uh, of Greater. And, um, of course, at that time, there was nothing out outside of Harrison. I mean, you talk about, you know, 275, 74. Nothing. That was farmland out there. I How mean, many times did you crash? Uh, we had, well, I had the, the, uh, the one with the, um, the fire. I had the, um, the one where the, the airplane pilot that, was, uh, that crashed into our helicopter, and, and he, unfortunately, Jeff Ott was, was his name. Unfortunately, he passed away in that crash. Uh, that was at uh, Lunkin. I was doing the uh, pregame Traffic for the Bengals. Uh, we, uh, we were obligated to do traffic before and after each Bengal game. We had no cameras. And no cameras. No, no nothing like that. We, we did mall traffic on uh, Thanksgiving right. weekend. Right. We used to do mall traffic. Up in the air. But uh, we had just landed from doing pregame traffic at Lunkin, and um, I was, you know, we were letting the helicopter cool down. And we saw a banner plane come in, a, a plane that comes in and snags the banners and then tows them around the airport. And uh, Jeff had come in to snag the banner, and something had happened with his throttle linkage, I believe. But he dropped the banner. And my pilot looked at me and said, Ed, Jeff dropped the banner. And I said, great. Because I knew Jeff. He was one of my airplane pilots, too. And he kept losing altitude and kept losing altitude. And we were trying, well, maybe he's going to buzz us. Maybe that's what he's, he's just going to kind of give us a flyby. And next thing I know, the pilot looked at me and, you know, drops the, the verb, you know, the verb. You know, the F-bomb, and then yeah. uh, uh, we're over on our side. The helicopter's Literally up. Literally, on yeah, your side. I'm, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the helicopter. Pilot's on top of me, and Jeff went into the field next to me. Now, the, the, the scenario there was if he hadn't gone in, he was, I think he was trying to make the open field there at the, uh, at the um, south end of Lunkin. Or is that the south end? That would be the uh, Fort Thomas side of Lunkin. And um, he... Um, uh, there was fuel trucks all behind us. Right. If if he had to come straight in, then Bad. They, so let they, me they, ask you this: We got Nancy McCormick, sadly, pilot flew into a hill. You got uh, Dave Yudi Armbruster, I two seventy five crash. Got Bobby Leach right here, two crashes. Why in the hell would you fly in a helicopter I would, after that? I would go back up tomorrow. Matter you fact, would. I would go up at three this afternoon if I could go up. Get rid three. of all the cameras; they're all gone. Bobby Leach is back in the. Air. I don't believe in the cameras. I mean, uh, I, again, they're great for the interstates, but you know, when Winton Road's backed up, when Redding Road's backed up, when it, when the you know the, the the secondary routes are backed up, you know, you can't see them. You can't talk about them. You know, uh, you know Hopefully, they'll they'll eventually get to. Uh, I, I guess the drones are coming in. Yeah, the drones more. will take yeah, the place. The, of that. Yeah, the drone, drones are coming more. So it's more the kick. Places. Is it the thrill? It's like riding a roller coaster. Oh, it's incredible. It's I, I used to tell people, I, people play good money at Kings Island for the rides I get every day. Um, one of the most spectacular things I ever saw flying was remember when the All Star Game was in town? Sure, nineteen seventy or yeah, was it eighty? Well, it was eighty. It was the eighties. Eighty, and they had uh, the Disney was doing uh, the, um, the 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 pregame show down here. Well, they did a, they did a, they did a test of the show. Well, they released about thousands. I mean, thousands of balloons. Oh, we're flying through downtown. It was like flying through an aquarium. There were so many balloons all around you and you could just reach out of the airplane and grab balloons. That's how many were coming up out of the stadium. You know, my guy from the NTSB said, we don't know yet. It could have been a drone could have been 
a mechanical failure, could have been a chemical drug problem. Maybe it wasn't pilot error. And I'm thinking, well, all that's possible. And you don't want to say what it is until the investigation. So many form a conclusion. Then they wait for the facts to, to support well, their I'm wondering conclusion. If it was a drone, are they going to be able to, to know that? Because I know they, they, they said that that, they, that helicopter was below radar. Right. So he, he was not on radar. So if he wasn't on radar, if there was any other obstacles flying around, he wouldn't. W- would they necessarily be on radar? It's gone. In fact, uh, look at the crash scene. It is awful. It's an inferno. It's incredible how anything survived that. I would think the drone would have been melted by this point. They, um, well, that, those Korskis are, you know, those are big helicopters. And, uh, you know, fuel-wise, you, you know, that it, it had a, a large amount of fuel on it. So It's awful. So you would go up again if somehow uh, D.J. Hodge would say, I tell you what, we're going to start helicopter traffic again. Bobby Leach, are you good? It is the most fun I've ever had in radio. Um, and, 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 again, you know, this includes fuel line breaks. Uh, almost losing a piston over over uh, over Fort Thomas. Fires, in a, balloons. In a 150. I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, it, it was it was absolutely the most fun I've ever had. And I, I, I think and I, I know that John would say the same thing. I know that you know uh, Mad Dog. I mean anybody who's, who's ever done airborne traffic. Shelly Bamberger. You know I mean you know, go back and grab some names from the past who's done airborne traffic, and they they probably would all do it again. I would imagine. And as far as the way this is going to turn out with Kobe Bryant, if you had to. Uh, give us a it's wild gonna, it's guess. Gonna, I'm afraid, and, and uh, you know, again, uh, not knowing it, but uh, but everything I'm reading and everything I'm seeing, pilot error. That at some point he made a mistake. He made a mistake instead of going down. Disorientation. Or, or the other guy, NTSB, said, "Guys, you go straight up." In other right. words, just go up and you'll get above the fog, and then ask for help. We did. We did that a lot with the, the fixed wing, where we'd go, uh, like I said, normally two thousand feet. What we'd fly if it was really bad. Sometimes we'd go up to three thousand, four thousand feet to get out of. He was he uh, was cleared for twelve thousand feet. Yeah, it could have gone up two and a half miles. Oh, he, uh, there's no doubt about it. But again, at that point in time, he would have to do the transitioning into uh, VFR. And again, that article said, and if he had done this, that they would have been alive. But he would have had to go into VFR. Uh, or um, uh, instrument rather IFR, and then he w- it would it would have taken them possibly hours to get that 17 miles because of all the air traffic in that area from all the airports, and that's the key on that is you know do you too you know, busy you got you have important people on you want to get them to their to, to their destination well they're, they're important but. The other seven people on the plane were also pretty damn important too. I totally understand, but but again, you know, putting myself in in a in a pilot's mindset, you are confident enough in your abilities that you're going to you're going to get this done. Eight thousand hours he had. In fact, Kobe always requested this guy because he thought he was the best, and he said, "I'll always take care of you." And him and his wife always agreed never to be on the same helicopter or a plane together. Yep, and uh, and uh, fortunately that, that that's the um, the well it, it, again you in, any situation like that um, with government officials they're always separating the planes, uh, and right. you just take that chance. But aren't helicopters much more dangerous than small fixed wing planes? Personally, I, I loved the helicopter more. Than I did the fixed wing because really? the helicopter uh, you, you could find you could land that in like you know Anywhere. First, first off it'll auto it auto rotates down. Yeah, you know, the uh, it, it, so so the airplane, you know, you can you, maybe, you can glide, you can glide into some place for landing. But at least the, the helicopter will auto rotate down. Now I will did tell you that I will tell you that uh, my helicopter pilot said the airplane wants to fly where the helicopter's got fifty thousand parts and wants to kill you. It did. Yep. And the helicopter, if the pilot would have said, "I'm in trouble, I see where I am, let's put it down right here," 
the whole group would be alive. Yeah, and, and we've all done that. I mean, we've we've all you know, I land we landed uh, uh, at Land was it Lansdowne? What was the the hospital? It was over off of uh, Redding Road, Seymour area. Uh, big field over there. We landed there whenever things got really bad. We Long landed field? out in Milford in a farm field and waited for things to clear up. So, yeah, you do that all the time. Why, I mean, why did he fly into the fog into the mountains? Why? Well, again, he had no idea where the mountain was. Well, that's why he's in the fog. Why go into the fog? Well, it, it started closing in on him. And, you know, again, you, you try to avoid it, but as it – At some it, point. It, at some point, it just keeps coming in. Now, again, he could have gone down. Straight down. And if he had to take it a right bank and take it a left bank, maybe followed – believed his instruments a little bit more, then you're – you know, and again, it, 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 there's – you become disoriented to, to an extent. Like I said, I, we, we did it with, with me uh, into, a, I, into fog when we didn't want to, and then also in, in just to the test into the clouds to let me see what it was like. And you don't know what is up and what is down. John F. Kennedy Jr. Yep. Same thing, 1999. Bobby Leach, good to have you here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. It's great to be here. It's good to be anywhere. <laughs> well, let's continue with more. All right, thank you. Bill Cunningham, 700 WLW. And the competitiveness. I know Bobby Leach played it down, but, of course, anyone that goes in there on the helicopter, you got to make your own call, man. It's your life. But at the time... 4 a.m.s, five, uh, 55, 700, 13, 60, 15, 30, 4 a.m.s. All had separate news departments of 10 to 15 people each. All had separate weather operations. All had separate helicopters at $500,000 per operation just for the helicopter slash plane. And so it was tremendously competitive to win, win, win. There were times that uh, Randy Michaels, me, John Phillips, and others would spend our time inside dumpsters and garbage bags to get information about one of our competitors we otherwise wouldn't have. Extremely competitive. And so things have changed fundamentally. But Bobby Leach, is, of course, is correct. The cameras are valid on the interstate highways. But if it's on Reading Road or, or, the, or the AAA highway, that's something completely different. But the times have completely changed. Now, if I want weather, I get it on my, I get on my iPhone within a few seconds. At those points, you had a connection with your 5, 9, 12, and then 19 came along, and or AccuWeather out of Pennsylvania. And so when Nancy McCormick and her pilot died, they were flying in a circumstance that they chose to go up. But nonetheless, they knew that there were three other operations, other helicopters. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill was up in the air reporting on traffic that had to had to be known and if you're at Lunkin sunken Lunkin because of the water because of little Miami and the high river you're you're almost below grade and so it was not unusual at all to have difficulty getting up and other times it was clear as could be then you get up 500 feet and you're suddenly in soup and you don't know where in the hell you are
Uh, let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, which it never does, 513-749-7000. Coming up at 206 today, I have an expert on why is the NFL running commercials at their expense vilifying police officers, the anti-cop bias, because of, uh, because of certain individuals in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick and others, that want to have an anti-police bias that hurts the group they're trying to help. That's at 206 today. It's your home of the Reds making big moves this morning. And uh, Rachel Amore coming up in about five minutes at your home of the Reds. News Radio 700 WLW.com. Hello. 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 Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, you bonehead. No, you you were there about 11 o'clock this morning. Paint the picture for Rachel and many others. It was big, Willie. Bigger than Montana. Bigger than Montana. Nick, not Nicholas. Nick. Castellanos. Oh, is he going back to Nick now? He's going back to Nick. Okay, good. That's good. Well, Nick, now let me ask you the big question. You ready for the big question? I know what you're going to ask. Go ahead. Now, the Reds are allegedly committing $64 million, but not really. But not really because? One year, and he can opt. So if he has a good one year, he's gone. Correct. If he has a bad one year, he's here. Correct. How do the Reds benefit from that? Same with year two. Three and Uh, four. No, well, no, three and four. It's only he can only opt out after years one and but two. But if he's bad for the next four years, it's sixty-four million. So right. if he's good, he's gone after one year. If he's bad, he's here. You don't know that he could renegotiate his contract, make more money, which is make fine. more money. That's a, and he's uh, when someone asked him that question, he immediately turned to his agent Scott Scott Boris, who's the minister of evil. Yeah, yeah. Mar- not Marty Brenneman's favorite. Some will say that, and. Um, you know, tap danced around it, and the bottom line is, if he can make more money, he's going to make more money. So the Reds could have signed him for one year for, like, what, 18 million? I don't think they could have, though. That's but, the point. So he, he wanted, wanted the four-year deal. Yeah. Just in case I'm bad, that protects the downside. If I'm good, I make more money, and I go to? Probably the Dodgers, Red Sox, or Yankees, right, Yid? And, and, good point. And if he has a bad year, he's here. He's got a good year, he's gone. What, Do what, I if, this that, right? what if that good year... Sends them to the World Series. Well, that's worth it. Then it's worth it. I'm doing it. Now, would you cheat to get to the the World Series? Should the Reds cheat, just like uh, Houston, would you trade one year of cheating for a World Series title? What does Ric Flair say? Yes. You ain't cheating. You (laughs) ain't trying. (laughs) Correct. So, at this point, the Reds are saying... This is the best they've looked since 2013. All in, baby. All in. This is it. You have a two- or three-year window. Every and, team And does. it's over. And maybe so Nick right now, want to stay here. You go and you go hard and you do everything you can to win. Wade Miley is another great addition. That's uh, that's unbelievable. They're all great additions. It's good. It's good. And, Rachel, with too many outfielders, explain why the Reds have problem. five or well, six. Well, you say it's not a problem. It's you, not it's a, a problem. It's a jam. Yes, there's like seven guys out Having the too many right is not now. a problem. Mm. Like being too skinny like or too rich. You don't have too many. Do you have too many shoes? totally different. Totally I'm, different. I'm not paying, you know, $16 million a year per shoe, you know. Who's in left field, Yid? Um, I would say in left field would be Shogo. How center about center? field, Senzel. Right. Right field, Big Nick. What, what about the Punisher? Well, he's going to have to prove himself in spring. What training. about Winker? He's going to have to prove himself in spring. So Shogun. Senzel and uh, Castellanos. That's my guess. What about, uh, don't we have Travis Jankowski too? Yes. What about him? Where do you put him? Off the bench guy. Off the bench. But you got all these, three of those guys have options now. Got the Moose at short. You got Moose at second. second. I'm sorry, the Moose at second. You got uh, the the all-time greatest ever. 
at first base, who, by the way, uh, he was the player of the decade, according to the experts. Votto got it done. He was the player of the decade for first base. How many world championships? Third base, you got Suarez. Pitching staff's as good as it's been since 2013. Catcher is okay. Catcher can catch now. He can catch. Can't hit, but he can catch. Uh, he'll be all right. He'll, he'll be, he hit better toward the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So we're picking the Reds to finish first in the Central, you're telling me. I think that's correct. Rachel, they are, how many they're the wins? team to beat, according to uh, MLB Network. I agree. Compared to what? Milwaukee's lost. Chicago's lost. St. Louis is no better. The Reds have gotten markedly better. Arguably better than any, any team in baseball. The Cardinals are going to they're gonna make some moves probably now. Considering what the uh, yeah, considering how the division's shaking out, the Cardinals will make some moves before spring. What's your prediction on wins, Willie? I'm going to save it for the opening day speech on that Thursday Uh, from the Holy Grail. I don't want to tip it now. Remember, so that you can see all of the spring training in action and then make a a good decision. Sure, they will be. We'll see. It it would be sad if the Reds won the World Series this year and Marty didn't call it. What about that? It'll be sad, but it's good for Tommy Thrall. That's all that matters. You come in with a good team. New team. That's it. That's what Marty did. That's it. He did. 74, 75, 76, the glory times. And they're going to come in. They're going to win. First game is the February 22nd. We're almost there. I think they report February 15th. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Now, what about the helicopter situation, Yid? You, uh, you crashed. Bobby Leach crashed. Nancy McCormick and Gould dead. Yes. Uh, why did you fly in helicopters all those years? Because I love it, and if we had it today, I'd be up. You this go afternoon. back up. It's like a drug. You got a new drug. It's called a helicopter. I'm going up. So have you right, ever done it? I did it twice in my life. Once in the Grand Canyon. Once in Las Vegas. And I never do it again. I said that's it. No good. No, I loved it. Every day you look forward to it. I did. Even, now I did go up once with like the. Um, it wasn't the Reds Barons, but sort of. The same, oh, I did that over deal. Kings. I, I, tell you, I knew what happened. Those, those biplanes went up. Yeah, Red the biplanes Baron, went up, and you do all the barrel rolls and the, the. That's what he did. I said, "Look, I'm not really good with heights, so we're going up, and he's going like perpendicular up, and he, he kicked off the engine, zero, you know, and went, and he started falling. Yes. And at this point, it's an open cockpit. I'm, I don't know, but two thousand feet. I'm screaming. <laughs> Open and there's and he's I got the uh, he's got I got the earpiece in and I'm yelling and he's saying I can't get it I, and it was all baloney it was all just for effect and it just as we got with a 500 feet he turned the engine back on and we I said that's it get me on the ground yeah come on haven't you, no. you seen Top Gun yes that's it's that that was fabulous it was they did the hammerhead where they go straight down that right was, but but depends on your uh, I didn't like it for no some. that's one of those things. I'm glad I'm, I did it. It was great. I'll never, I'll never do, do, it, do it again. I'll never do that again. That was it. And the uh, helicopter inside the Grand Canyon, you come back out, and you go back down the strip at sundown, like at about 730, and you go down the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard playing that music in your headset in McCarran Field. That was pretty. I said, oh, I've done that. I'm not going to do that again. That was it. Perfect. That was it. But you would get up again in that helicopter. I would do it tomorrow. So and when then we fly over the... Nudist camp, all oh, that's gone now. They that's tore gone. it down, built houses. Yeah, we. Uh, I had this KTLA pilot that flew for thirty years. Said what happened is he should. Of course, you look back, could have, should have, might have. Uh, when he was flying and he saw the the mountains and the fog was rolling in, stop, go straight up. You go up to fourteen thousand feet. You could have, or go down. But to fly into the fog and then anticipate, he said that was a, a mistake. 
Yes, and what I worry about, and I don't know if we'll ever know this, is if he was pressured to do it, because that has happened before. Hey, we got to get there. We got to. You got to go. You got to go. You got to. You got to go. That's, wow. I hope that. I hope that. Well, you don't know because there's you don't no, know. We'll never know. But I hope. I really hope that was not the case. And I would imagine at some point when you're in that soup and you've been there, and the kids are screaming and somebody's saying what's going on, that uh, he didn't react wrongfully. Fog is the scariest thing. Explain for could, those that don't know as to why. A lot of people say, why go into that? You don't know it's coming till it happens. We didn't know. When I went into the fog, and that didn't cause the wreck I was in, but when we went into the fog coming up 71 at uh, Hill Hill by the hospitals with all the TV towers, that's a problem. You hit a TV tower and you're dead automatically, no ifs, ands, or buts. We got up. There was no fog downtown. We're coming up 71. Fog came at us. Okay, let's turn around and get out of it. By the time we turned around, fog encased us. Describe that moment because uh, I've heard it described like a, a swimming pool of milk and you dive into the milk and you're at the bottom. Open your eyes. Correct. And so we went up. But for me, the pilot was different. But for me, I was so disoriented. I didn't know what was up and what was down. That was scary because you're looking out and you're going, man, this is where are we? What is are we sideways? Or, you, you don't know. I didn't know. He was looking at instruments. I didn't know. And you're like, this, that was the most, I was, I was hyperventilating. I couldn't, we finally popped out, up, one up, basically straight up, popped out, landed at, in the parking lot of Jewish hospital, and I about threw up. And then we got back up and went back to hell. You, you went back up? I had to. What about 275 when you crashed? That was a clear day. That was a different reason, but I crashed on the highway, and that wasn't, honestly, that was not scary until after it happened. Why? Because you're only, you know, 500 feet above the trees. By the time it, it ha all happened in less than a minute. You hear a noise, you go down, you because you, you don't drop, you can coast. And we went down, hit the highway, the skid caught the soft ground, and flipped us. And the helicopter just kind of went and tail rotor flew across five lane or four lanes of traffic, and I was dangling in my seat. <laughs> But I wasn't hurt. Pilot wasn't hurt. Did Nobody you, on the street was hurt, thank God, because that tail rotor would have cut through a car. How long was it before you went back up? It was a while, but not my, my choice. You would have gone back up. Yeah, could, the copter was destroyed, so they had to basically rebuild it. So in this market, you crashed. Bobby Leach crashed twice. Nancy McCormick, the pilot, was his name Gould? Yeah. yeah. Dead. And, and you three... Uh, understood a little bit what happened with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean th that one was a crash. I've we've I've emergency landed like two or three times. Once in someone's backyard. Once uh, here comes Yid near the Gate of <laughs> Heaven Cemetery up by some soccer fields up that way. It, sometimes it just happens, and you got to get that. Uh, Chuck Ingram did it on Bank Street downtown. Chuck he Ingram did it. He did it. Why so, didn't the pilot eight thousand hours on the Skorsky? This was an expert pilot. And he had precious, every life is precious. Kobe Bryant, the kids, precious. At the moment, he had to make a decision. Why didn't he just come down or go straight up? I can't answer that. I don't think anybody else can either. I don't know. Because the fog at that point, according to those around Calabasas, it was thick as thieves and I, couldn't I see. I just hope he wasn't pressured into it. 
I really do. Because there, this wasn't a life and death situation. This was a girls' basketball game. Right. Grade school. And I can't answer that question. I don't know if he was or not, but if he did either one, would the whole group be alive? If he went straight up above the fog and said, "Where am I? I need some help." Probably. And if he went straight down and said, "Okay, I'm not flying in this. I'm going straight down," and he would have got below and he would have landed and called uh, called lift. Yeah. Get, yeah. Get over. If you're late, you're late. You're a little twenty minutes late. We'll play the second half. Right. But it didn't happen. I don't, I don't know. know. It's it's scary. I don't know. Rachel, your reaction? Well, I, I guess according to um, air traffic control, he did try to get some help from them prior to the crash, prior to the incident. He was trying to figure out where exactly the hills were in front of him mm. and trying to uh, – under because he did not apparently have that equipment on his helicopter. He, he was an IFR. He had just GPS. Yeah. And he, had, he was flying by visual flight rules, and he right. was following the interstate highway, which was I-5. And you follow that 71, 75, you kind of know where you are. But it surprises me because it, I don't think this was the first time he did it. 8,000. No, so he, he was should know. Hundreds of times. No, yeah, in that same route, I'm assuming. Same route. So, 70 miles away. And it was, they'd just gone to Mass at 7.30 a.m. He became a reverend Catholic after his various difficulties. He was raised as a Catholic, raised his kids as Catholic. He went to Mass at 7.30 a.m. The pastor greeted him and Jesus, they were leaving. So we got a game. And within an hour and a half, they're dead. And nobody, you know, he could have driven, but 70 miles in L.A. traffic, even on Sunday mornings, would have been. It would have been about a three-hour commute. Yeah, right. and, and and so he yeah. said, Let, let's take the copter and make sure I get my pilot. And pilot said, let's go. And, yeah, maybe you can answer this. Uh, that that crash site is not very far from the ocean. Wouldn't it have been better almost to fly out over uh, the Pacific Coast Highway get out to somewhere where you know there are no hills in front of you and then drop low and and fly through Calabasas. Maybe. I, I, it's hard to say. Is there I, a reason that water... The was. Yeah, is there a reason the water would have been uh, a more dangerous option? Okay. It could have been foggy over the water, too. I don't know. I don't know. That's One a, pilot said it's like the fog in San Francisco when you see it coming in at a high rate of speed and that mountainside like a funnel. So it just gets worse in those areas. But joining us now is Yid's good friend, uh, Gary Jeff Walker. Gary Jeff, give me. It was so crucial for me to call today uh, to voice my opinion and, and let my feelings be known. Go ahead. Is that Kobe Bryant was the bridge. Uh, obviously, I'm very upset about this because it's when I cared about the NBA, but. Kobe Bryant, are you kidding me? I mean, Phil Jackson must be the luckiest white man ever to coach in the NBA. All right, Gary Jeff, we got to go. I don't know what to say about that yet. I apologize, but I know this has affected Gary Jeff profoundly. He was on the air the other day, I think, crying. Is that correct? Yes. He was profoundly affected, which is, you know, all of us are affected by different things. But Gary Jeff, uh, he's still not come out of it yet. Maybe one day he will. Uh, what can you say? Very little. Rachel, thank you. We hope to have Seg back tomorrow as we, as many know, as Seg's father passed away recently. And um, he's going to spend some time with the family, which we encourage. Denny Dennison spent, I don't know, uh, many years in the military. He was at Pearl Harbor. He was in his mid-90s when he finally passed away. So once again, sponsored by Tempstar Yidman. Thank you very much. Thank you, Willie. Rachel, thank you very much. Thank you. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, 700, WLW.
By the way, Joe, I understand Seg will be back tomorrow afternoon, which is good. What's on the blog, if anything? Uh, have you heard about this Bachelor controversy? Yes, I have. You are a country sing or a country uh, music I love country. fan, yes. right? So you know Chase Rice. Yes. Apparently, the producers brought his ex-girlfriend. Well, it's, I don't want to. People are saying ex-girlfriend. He says uh, he hooked up with her once. Once. He said it politely, but when you take out all the politically correct speak, he had a one-night stand with this chick, and they brought her on to the show while he's performing, and now all of the Bachelorette people are losing their collective minds, saying this is so, uh, it's so forced and so planned, and, and really? my question is, really? You're really? just now just catching now that. Just now discovered that? It's all about the storyline and how to make it develop. We can't let things happen naturally. It might be boring. Let's set something up that's interesting and cause conflict. Why not set up that one-night stand with that one country singer? Have him sing at your one-off date. Okay. But here's my question. Now, where did they find that information, right? Because you know Chase Rice no. probably didn't care I'm to not, mention let me it. guess. Her. She had to have a somewhere girlfriend. in a, yeah, so, somehow, some way, this got back to the producer's. So Let's now, use this. Yeah. So now the uh, Bachelorette fan base, Bachelor fan they're base. They're all enraged. They're, they're not happy. Not happy. They're not happy with how, um, how much they've deviated from reality, I guess. No, that is reality. They yeah. don't recognize reality. That is reality. So he is, uh, he, Chase Rice is saying that he was initially upset by the incident because he had no idea, supposedly, that it this was going to happen. Set him up, too. And uh, now he's saying that, you know, he's forgiven The Bachelor for putting him in that position. Hopefully uh, people like the single that he's pushing. So yes. there you go. He's, we've got that on the blog if you want to check that out. His entire interview. Also have a video of um, Good Samaritans in New York City lifting an SUV off of a woman. I saw that. Who was pinned in a crosswalk. She was hit by the SUV, became trapped underneath the SUV, and uh, New Yorkers actually banded together to help lift the car Supposedly off of her. in those moments, you're 10 times stronger than normal. There were, uh, it looks like uh, 12 or 13 individuals that were helping to lift the car, and one person dragged her out. But, you know, you don't normally see New Yorkers banding together and uh, for a common good. You'd it be surprised about every... that. Really? Yes, I spent a year there, and I tell you what. I love the people in New York, which I thought at the time I had the same attitude I had you had before I went in. Once you live there a while, you're thinking, you know what, it's a, it's a small little community, and you live in your neighborhoods. It might be 50 different neighborhoods, but they're all – it's kind of like Cincinnati. There's different neighborhoods in New York, and, and that's the way the city operates. I don't like the politics, but I like the people. Well, the, these people actually came together, and instead of the common misconception of New that Yorkers, they actually came together and for, for a good cause, yes. helped this woman out. She's uh, doing okay now? Yeah, she was actually not hurt badly. She just had uh, bumps and bruises because of how she was pinned under the vehicle. She actually wasn't hurt at all. She wasn't run over by the wheels. She was just struck, and then the car drove over her, pinning her under the car. So she's it, it could have been way worse, but she's actually okay. Um, we also have uh, Chicago police are looking for a suspect that is stealing weed from the cannabis amnesty box at midway <laughs> i saw that if you have weed stick it in the box right because you you, you know don't go through they're thinking of people that have to go back to places where recreational marijuana isn't legal so if you bring it to the airport there's a nice little box that you just put your marijuana in. stick your weed in the now, box nobody knows what happens to the marijuana after that well, you know, whether it's destroyed or the uh, police it, take it the for police evidence yeah please take it take for it for use yes personal use who knows nobody really knows so somebody's been stealing marijuana out of the amnesty box at Midway. 
nobody has uh, nobody's been caught yet, and we don't know where Shroom is today, so should probably check in with him. Coming up in about six minutes, I have a lawyer and an author that uh, is wondering why the NFL is running uh, anti-cop commercials during the Super Bowl, and they also ran one during the NFC Championship game. At your home of the Reds, making major moves on News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. You know, uh, in the last uh, AFC-NFC championship game, I don't know which one it was because uh, uh, I watched them both and getting ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday. The issue became about uh, police violence against the black community. And uh, every now and then, a cop, a police officer, makes a mistake. Laquan McDonald, for example, was a mistake. Errors happen. Uh, it's not. There's not some systemic problem in which uh, large numbers of uh, Police officers just hunt down innocent black men to be shot. It simply is a farce. It's, it's not true. But the NFL seemingly is siding with the anti-cop attitude because of the Colin Kaepernick situation. And uh, to me, it's sad. I understand this coming Sunday on the Super Bowl, in which maybe, maybe before uh, the next uh, century turns, the Bengals may be back in the Super Bowl. But uh, what's happening now is that the NFL seemingly has taken an anti-police bias uh, and when cops uh, kill and all that kind of stuff, it's always the police officer's fault. Joining me now is uh, Lance LaRusso, a leading attorney, former law enforcement officer, and author of the book, When Cops Kill, Blue News and Hunting of Heroes. And LaRusso says that ads like these promotes the NFL anti-law enforcement bias and ultimately makes it more difficult for police officers to do their job. And that same Lance LaRusso is with us now. And Lance, welcome, I think, for the first time to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Lance, how are you? Rob, doing well. Thanks for having me. All right, let's talk about, first of all, before we get to the NFL and why they're selling out in a sense, uh, because you're a police officer, have been a police officer, and you're an attorney, you've written the book, uh, how much media coverage is there for the occasional misconduct of a police officer as opposed to the real reasons that there's much violence in certain parts of our country? Kind of give me the overview first. Sure. We know that uh, there is a tremendous amount of coverage anytime there's any misconduct by officers. And, you know, as I've pointed out, I've seen bad cops, but I've never seen one arrested by a journalist. So law enforcement is very good at policing their own profession. And the bottom line is that a lot of those cases are brought up and publicized by law enforcement. The problem is we have people who are trying to in the name of tolerance and not labeling people, take one bad act by one bad officer and label an entire profession with the same brush. And if that happens in some other area of life, if you would say because a few uh, African-Americans commit disproportionate crime that everyone's got to pay for that who's African-American, that's called discrimination. That is wrong. If somebody would say that because certain women act in a certain way, uh, that means all women are responsible or that some men sexually harass women. Therefore, all men are responsible. That's called prejudicial discriminatory, discriminatory conduct against a group of people. But that, that's what's generally the facts of media coverage, especially in urban areas of police cases. But when a white cop shoots a black person, it's almost always assumed it's wrongful misbehavior, correct? 
Well, I mean, the problem is we wouldn't tolerate that type of broad brush strokes for anyone. No. But we do have situations where people jump to conclusions. And, uh, you know, I've kind of studied lots of these shootings. And, you know, we have people that come out and jump to conclusions. We have witnesses that speak that really didn't see anything, but people are piling on. And then in the background, we have a an investigation, a professional investigation going on that may take months. For instance, it may take six to eight weeks for a toxicology to come back on a person who was in a confrontation with a law enforcement officer and, and was shot and killed. So then in the background, this investigation is going on, and by the time it's released as to what actually happened, everybody's moved on to something else. And I've seen numerous times where the officer was cleared by everybody involved, but the lasting impression on the Internet was that the officer was wrong because they never heard the conclusion. And so normally, in reality, you wait for the facts to come in before you form an opinion. But in today's world, you form an opinion then the facts don't matter. Well, you know, it, and I heard something today that I thought was very telling. So the tragic death of uh, Kobe Bryant and people that were on the helicopter with him, I was listening to a show on the way in, and I heard two commentators say, you know, we don't really know enough about flying a helicopter in fog to label the pilot as negligent, so maybe we should talk about something else. And, boy, i just like to bottle wow. that and sell it at wow. the grocery store because if people would do that about law enforcement use of force, the vast majority of which they have no idea, they look at a video, use of force, lawful force will never look good on video, and wait for the results of the investigation to come out before jumping to conclusions. <laughs> and what's happened with them jumping to conclusions, they have actually increased the rift with law enforcement in the very communities that need officers to keep people safe. And therefore, when a police officer shoots someone, 99% of the time it's justified by any fair measurement. There has to be community monitors. People have to show up. You have to be careful. Crowds form because there's a prejudice already in effect that we would never apply to them or to other areas of life because that would be discriminatory. And let's face it, if there is... Can you speak to the fact whether or not there's a massive conspiracy afoot in order to act a certain way toward the black community for white and black police officers? Is, is there some overriding white supremacy happening or some attitude, some systemic racism that exists that causes you and other cops to act in a certain way to individuals calling for service? Does that really exist? The answer is no, it does not exist. The answer is it has been proven to not exist. And it's been proven by the very statistics studying police shootings, which are used to argue that officers are racist. Officers are not hunting down and killing people of color. There was study after study after study done of the number of people that were shot and killed by law enforcement over the past several years. And when even no matter how far back you go, you will find that officers do not disproportionately shoot people of color. It's just not true. Officers make... 12 to 13 million custodial arrests a year, and officers shoot and kill less than 1,000 people a year. Now, what happens is we don't even look at a number of officers that are assaulted in the line of duty. The estimates are as high as a third of officers are assaulted in the line of duty. We also look at the officers that are shot and killed in the line of duty. Last year, we had 53 officers who were killed. In 2018, we had 53 officers who were shot and killed in the line of duty. We had 228 who were shot. 
So the streets, the, uh, the people that law enforcement's dealing with, the repeat offenders, the people who are being let out of prison, the people who are being paroled too early, the people who are given a pass and had reduced charges, they're dangerous to everyone. They're not just dangerous to law enforcement. But when people call for help and the police show up, you should expect that there is going to be some sort of a confrontation when the officers try to take those people into custody. In addition, there was a study done in 2009 involving 700 police shootings over 90 different agencies. And even though only 8% of those, sh- those calls were dispatched as suicide calls, the researchers going back realized that 36% of those calls were actually suicide by cops. And right. in 50% of those calls, they'd never verbalized any ideation of suicide. But now when you talk about de-escalation and the officer getting on the... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dean doesn't realize it, but the person they're dealing with is going to press that confrontation into a deadly confrontation. There's nothing that officer can do. If they want to go home alive, there's nothing that officer can do to avoid the use of deadly force. When the truth comes out later, it never matches up with the original coverage. A classic example is what happened in uh, in Ferguson, Missouri with, uh, with the police officer and with uh, Michael Brown. Uh, when everything hooked up several weeks later, the prosecutor in that case, McCullough, was ultimately removed from office by the voters. And uh, ultimately, the police officer who was involved uh, officer Darren, I forget his last name, but Darren Wilson, that's him. Darren Wilson was absolutely destroyed in his career. He couldn't be a cop anymore. And in reality, everything that happened the first few days turned out to be a lie that there was no uh, hunting down or shooting him. All the evidence from the FBI, et cetera, it took months to develop because of the elliptical shape of the blood drops from coming from Michael Brown's right hand, that it was proven that he charged the police officer and that Dar- and that Michael Brown's blood was inside Officer Wilson's cruiser. Everything that Officer Wilson said that night to the police during the investigation turned out accurately to be true because it actually did occur that Michael Brown uh, would not uh, would not turn around and be confronted with a police officer who was there to provide service to the owner of the shop, and that when he tried to uh, get out of his car and open up the car door, Michael Brown shut the car door, entered the car door half in, half out, was pummeling police officer Darren Wilson, and Michael Brown at this point is reaching for the for the for the weapon of Officer Wilson in order to kill Officer Wilson in his own car. There was two or three shots fired inside the car. That resulted in injuries to Michael Brown. And at this point, Michael Brown begins running away. And the evidence proved this, that at some point about 45 feet away, he stopped uh, when Officer Wilson got possession of his 
uh, of his weapon and told him to stop, stop. And then at that point, Michael Brown charged back at the police officer to try to kill him. Now, that by the time the evidence developed weeks later, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, etc., did not go over that to the same length and degree that prove Officer Wilson did nothing wrong and that Michael Brown sadly caused his own death by his behavior. Now, at the time, the riots took place, the police were under scrutiny, all hell broke loose, but the media doesn't cover the truth because it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit their bias. Well, and I talk about this in the book Blue News. Some of the uh, and all the profits from that book go to law enforcement charities. That and a couple other books, we've donated about $28,000 to law enforcement charities uh, to date. Uh, but, you know, we talk about this in Blue News. Some of that is due to the news cycle. Some of that is due to the fact that there's information that's not available, and there's incomplete information and often inaccurate information that has to be reported. The problem is that we have put up with an environment of tolerating those inaccuracies being perpetuated across months and years. In addition, because of the internet, it's almost impossible to correct the erroneous behavior, the erroneous information that's out there. So, for example, if you stop 100 people on the street and ask them how many times Michael Brown was shot in the back, they'll give you a number oh. and it's not true. And the entire hands up, don't shoot movement was founded on a lie. Michael Brown wasn't shot in the back, wasn't shot with his hands up. So we have these perceptions that only get perpetuated when you have organizations like the NFL who have a tremendous opportunity to fix these perceptions, to fix the relations between law enforcement and communities, to go into communities where there are at-risk youth and help them gain advantages in life, and instead we're perpetuating this myth and encouraging people to perpetuate a myth that law enforcement is hunting down, killing black males, disproportionately killing black males, all of which has been disproven over and over and over again. And it's just disproven by Harvard, by the Washington Post, New York Times. These are not, shall I say, right-wing publications. Just objectively, it is not true. And if it was true, then those perpetuating this uh, conspiracy would largely be liberal Democrats in the urban areas who are committed not to perpetuate it. But nonetheless, uh, Corey Jones was killed, uh, who's, uh, who's Bolden's, uh, uh, Anquan Bolden's uh, late cousin, was killed on October 18, 2015. And that's used in this NFL ad to run on Sunday that demonstrates once again the police shot an innocent black man. And every now and then an innocent black, white man is shot. It does happen because cops make split-second life-and-death decisions. It does occur, but it's infinitesimally small. It doesn't occur because of race. It occurs because of behavior. So why has the NFL gotten on the side of Colin Kaepernick and that approach that cops are pigs? And I would point out that any other political protest by any, any, any other NFL player would be rejected. If some NFL player talked about uh, get out of Iraq or uh, – right to life or I'm going to march, whatever abortion thing you want to do, if that was promoted by an NFL player on the field, I can't imagine the NFL would get behind and support that. So why is the NFL supporting and paying for these ads that are anti-cop? Why would the NFL do that? Well, one of the things you have to look at specifically with the example that you talked about with the man that was shot and killed, the officer went to prison. So it's a pretty bad example to point up because the officer was sure. prosecuted. The argument people are making is that officers are not held accountable. I have no clue why an organization that is in the entertainment industry, because that's what the NFL is, they're an entertainment-based industry, why they would alienate any of their fans. 
And it's really interesting when we look at why officers can be attacked and people are okay. And as you said, other groups, if they jumped on board, somebody would say something. The cops can't speak out for themselves. You know, if they're in uniform, if they speak out as the as, you know, Captain so-and-so with whatever police department, Mm. they don't have First Amendment rights to do that. They can't speak out for themselves. So a lot of times those messages are lost or they they don't stand up and and tout in the media and speak loudly like the their detractors do. And unfortunately, when in our environment between uh, what I call the informal media in my book, When Cops Kill, and the formal media, which is the, the regular news sources, when you have blogs and social media and all sorts of other groups touting how terrible police are, there's no counter to it. No. And at that point, people who don't know any better, who are not going to do their own research, just say, well, that must be the case. So I, I don't really understand why they would take this approach. When and it's really interesting, the blog posts and the groups that I'm on, a lot of NFL fans were law enforcement officers, and a lot of them have abandoned their support. I can't imagine why somebody would get on the side of those who advocate uh, violence against police and depict uh, police officers, which, which who are the thin blue line between democracy and anarchy, as pigs on socks, and that the NFL would then get on the side of that attitude. And then Nike would pay Colin Kaepernick literally millions of dollars to promote an anti-cop attitude, which hurts the black community. Because when there's lack of good police enforcement, like in Baltimore or Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, you see exactly what happens, which is more violence against those that the uh, so-called Colin Kaepernick types are trying to assist. And it's sad to have the NFL protecting the shield doing such things, especially during the upcoming Super Bowl. It's sad. It is. It's very unfortunate, and, and I wish that they would use the uh, the power that they have of publicity and the purse to affect change and not just bashing law enforcement officers. And some of it, I think, is, you know, people feel like, you know, crime is out of control. They feel like issues are out of control, and they want to control, and it's a natural thing. They want to control what they can, and a lot of people are just throwing their weight behind controlling law enforcement. You know, law enforcement officers are very well trained in this country, and they're trained in the use of force. They're trained every year in the use of force. They get a tremendous amount of information poured on them, and they're evaluated under under stressful conditions, which we know, and the Supreme Court has recommended officers be trained under, so they perform properly when they're under stress. And to say that law enforcement training needs to be fixed, well, what needs to be fixed about it? Well, I don't know, but something needs to be changed. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, that's, it's a nonsensical argument, but I really appreciate you talking about this. Well, the name of the book is When Cops Kill by Lance LaRusso. Unborn Lives Matter. I'd like to have someone get into the uh, Unborn Lives Matter, the abortion Planned Parenthood, argument, Planned Parenthood argument, and if somebody would do that on the field of the National Football League, I can imagine the reaction would not be, let's promote that idea more. It would not occur at all. But nonetheless, uh, Lance LaRusso, thanks for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. My friend will do it again, and thank you. Thanks for having me. God bless America. Let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, 749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. By the way, in the that October 18, 2015 death of uh, Anquan Bolden's uh, late cousin, Corey Jones, the cop made a serious mistake, criminal errors, and is now serving seven and a half years in prison, arrested by police officers. Cops make mistakes. Let's continue with more. Your reaction. 749-7000. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700. At Walmart. Joining us now is Yid's good friend, uh, Gary Jeff Walker. 
Gary, Jeff, the give me. It was so crucial for me to call today uh, to voice my opinion and, and let my feelings be known. Go ahead. Is that Kobe Bryant was the bridge. Uh, obviously, I'm very upset about this because it's why I cared about the NBA, but Kobe Bryant, are you kidding me? I mean, Phil Jackson must be the luckiest white man ever to coach in the NBA. All right, Gary, Jeff, we got to go. I don't know what to say about that yet. I apologize. Oh. Hello. 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 Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Mike McConnell calls in and says, what the hell was that? And I still have some doubt as to whether that was actually Gary Jeff, but it sounded like Gary Jeff. Rocky, what do you think? We all grieve in different ways. We grieve. He says the luckiest white man ever. He had Michael Jordan, then he had Kobe Bryant, the luckiest white man that ever. Uh, Gary Jeff, we got to go. Thanks for calling in. You're getting into trouble. I analogize this to Princess Di. That, did you ever meet Kobe Bryant? Ever meet Vanessa? Never met. Nope. Uh, Rachel? Nope. Nope. Not even close. He ended his life, hate to say that with someone 41, as a practicing Roman Catholic. It was at Mass that morning. Mass that morning. A couple and hours he, before. He reconfigured his life, and suddenly uh, it's taken. And we've had on the helicopter pilot, had on a KTLA reporter, they and, and he it described exactly what happened, he thinks, but you don't know that. It could have been a medical emergency, could have been a mechanical failure, could have been drugs. Or a drone. Or could have been something. Birds. Birds, whatever. but most likely he just panicked, which is sad. I, I don't understand because we had Jay Ratliff on yesterday, and he was saying, you know, talking about how when you go from visual flying to instrument flying, I guess had he gone to the instrument way of flying, he would have been okay. But I assume that's much harder to you do. had to wait though for about an hour and a half because if you go to uh flight rules in other words they hooked you up and tell you where to go but you had to get in line to other small yeah, planes. there's all kinds of planes get in line you got to get behind this group there. it would have taken an hour right so you do visual flight rules but then you why would you fly into a fog bank the answer is it comes on you so rapidly you don't purposely do it but you're in it it's like being in a in a uh, swimming pool filled with white milk and you dive in now where are you you don't know where you are Right. He, you don't know what's up, what's down. down. He didn't know. Yeah. So now, you know, the very sad. Extreme. But you mentioned Princess Di, and, and I think what you're saying is it's a the, the last time there was a death that touched people this way who had never met him, right? No one had ever met Princess sure. Di. Not met very few people here in the United States, but people were viscerally upset by that. I mean, and I agree with you. I think women especially. Rachel, are you upset? I mean, it's sad. I was really little when that happened, but I remember my mom making me watch the funeral. And, like and there deal. was nonstop wall-to-wall coverage on network because that was there wasn't Twitter back then. So network news broke that, in yeah. to cover the fact that she had been in a car wreck initially. That was what was reported, not her death, but the car wreck. And uh, I remember watching that and then my mom making me watch the funeral, too. I, I think for this one, though, with Kobe, a lot of it had to do with the daughter being on it. And then you, then you think of the mother and the two other uh, you know, daughters that are home and how are they going to cope. I, I think that's what touched so many people. A lot. It's different and it's, it's inexplicable. It's one of those things in life that happens. You wonder. And now they're talking about changing the logo from Jerry West to Kobe Bryant. I'm thinking, you know, Jerry West gave permission. He said, well. That's, you don't have to get permission, but uh, that's the future. He's an international player. He kind of fits the NBA today, unlike mm-hmm. Jerry West, who yeah. is a living yeah. legend. But Jerry West has got to be 
in his 80s, I would think. I mean, I, I don't care one way or another. I, I have no dog in the fight, but I, I think we should always kind of, t- you know, don't make so many rash decisions in the moment, right? You kind of want to step back and let's, you know, let's look at the end of the season. And if that's the right thing to do, then do it. No problem. Yeah. Rachel, what's on the blog? The Rock wants to know, by the way, the segment is dealing with the aftermath of his father's death, Tough Denny Dennison. Yeah. Tough week. And really uh, he'll was. be back with us tomorrow afternoon. I think there's a funeral planned for Friday, so we'll see what occurs. But we wish Sagan his family nothing but the best. He's the best. All right, Rachel. Uh, fans of The Bachelor have a bone to pick with producers after they... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Set up one of the women who was going on a one-on-one date. Rocky, you'll like this one. With the country singer that was performing for them was one of her one-night stands, a hookup. Allegedly. Alleged. No, allegedly. They both admitted that. All right, wait. So the bachelor takes one of these, one of the ten girls or whatever, on a date, and the date they go to is to watch her former boyfriend, who's the country music singer. Yeah, but I think boyfriends. A stretch of. Uh, he was very polite about how he addressed their relationship. Chase we had a Rice. previous relationship. We had a yes. Uh, they met once period. in Charlotte. So I don't met believe <laughs> that that constitutes a uh, relationship as we might traditionally think of it. Although um, she did refer to him as her ex on the oh. show. Oh. Which, by the way, wouldn't you? I mean, how you you gotta save your skin somehow. You gotta say, well, yeah, we dated. And by we dated, we dated one night. We went on a date one hey. night, you know. Two hours. <laughs> ten cents. It wasn't an X. It was a Y factor. It was just. Yeah, and, pretty and, much. And it, it That's very good. So, That's no, very so, true. So I don't know what happened, but uh, this was a causing a stir among the other. Yes, so we have the video of that. But that's what they want. She realizes this is a television show, right? It's a show. It's It's a show. The days of just, you know, people going out on dates, that's no No. longer shocking. We need shock value, and that would do it. Yeah, so so we have that that video, and we have uh, Chase Rice's reaction to it, his interview post-fact saying he was a little upset during, but, you know, he's come to terms with it. He's He's okay okay with the producers polling what they polled. And and what was the – wasn't there some bachelor or bachelorette candidate that died of something, like an OD or something? Yeah, I believe one of the bachelors uh, that um, I guess was participating or going after Hannah Brown on the bachelorette Mm -hmm. uh, OD'd in Florida, I believe, a few weeks ago. And he was on life support for a couple of weeks Ah, before he was taken off. But it's just a a string of tragedies following The Bachelor around, it seems like. We got more serious issues. Uh, We we have Good Samaritans lifting a SUV off of a woman in New York City. 
Isn't that cool? It's fantastic. Rock could have done that. Me yeah, and you they by just ourselves need m- rock. As, as yeah. I was watching that, don't they always tell those stories though about how you know when a car flips over on a on a kid and then the mother is able to yeah harness the adrenaline and just lift the car so it took like 75 people to lift that thing come on yeah they're about 13 14 guys Whatever. they were yeah. lifting up the suv to get the woman who was trapped underneath out from under we're gonna have from gary jeff walker some more we got to get that ready get that uh, ready i'm sure yeah he's still affected by this he's gonna it's, he's gonna call in again I'm, he'll, he'll I'm be very crying certain. i mean did it affect you rock did you want to feel like you wanted to uh I did not cry, but I was, I was sad. sad about it. It was just Vanessa sad that I mean, got his I, life. Well, here's together. the deal: is like, I mean, let me let me ask you: Did not you or you, Rachel? One of my first impulses, like, why's that happened to that guy? Why not some pig like Harvey Weinstein or some rapist or something? Why can't he go down in a plane crash? I want to ask God Almighty that question. I that's I what I did. That was my reaction. I, I like to know why. I asked that question. Why? I've not why? gotten an answer, but don't have a good answer. There's not. I, I don't know, and especially. The two of them, I, I looked at some other stories between Vanessa and Kobe. They agreed never to fly together on which a helicopter. Which is smart. It's very yeah. smart. Which is good, but that means it's dangerous, right? But then he flew thousands of times. This pilot had 8,500 flight hours on that helicopter. Expert pilot. And you find yourself settling the situation that you you go right when you should have gone left and nine people are dead. And now the lawyers are lining up. This is another angling, another layering of the story. Who's collectible? The helicopter manufacturer, if it was pilot error, okay, the pilot error probably has insurance and Kobe Bryant. So the lawyers are now saying, can we sue Kobe Bryant after a respectful oh several months from now? Because, well, what negligent act did Kobe Bryant commit? Well, Are he, they going to say he said, hey, get this damn plane, we got a basketball game? The, the, the lawyers are ready for the pockets to put their hands in. Don't you love lawyers? God, sick. Please continue. Uh, we also have uh, an update on a teacher in... New Jersey, who has admitted to having sex with six different students. She long claimed that she was coerced by all six into having sex with them. All, all six coerced. All six of them I'm coerced sure they her. Did. What, what's the gender of each? Uh, they are all males. And the teacher, I guess, was a, a hot female. female who coerced these 16-year-old it, boys. She coer- they coerced her. They, co- oh, they coerced her. They coerced her. That was her original story. Did that in, work? Into having sex with her in her car. In the parking lot of the school. Boys don't like that at all, do they? Do Rock? people not watch the news? If you're a teacher out there, I mean, this like I feel like this happens like once a week, right? Where some well, now teacher she's, gets caught with a student and it never works. She's changed her. her she, really? Yes. Now that she's actually fly. owning up to the fact that no, she was the aggressor in these relationships and taking the plea deal. That's where we're at. So we I'll have change the names. Uh, Rachel knows the story. I'm going to change the names <clears throat> to protect the guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm at a conference. In a distant city, about 15, 20 years ago, and a friend of mine wanted to go to the bar. A friend, male friend, lawyer friend. And I said, well, you know, we had conferences, so he goes there. I found out the next morning he hooked up with somebody. And I said, well, that's not good. He was married with about three kids. Mm -hmm. So about a year and a half goes by, and he gets a letter from a county child support agency saying, you've been identified as a possible... uh, father of this child who by the way has special needs and so uh, humma 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 he goes through the testing he's the baby daddy mm-hmm. now he's married with three kids the kids are like seven eight and 14 one was in high school the other two what do you do rock you gotta own up to it you know it's your action well he goes down he goes down there it was make it a, right it was florida he did what he had to do, and the child support order was like 6000 a month, plus, plus, plus medical. 
mm-hmm. plus. And so, what, do you tell your wife? You have to. You have to. Belly you up to the to. bar. Because she's going to find out anyway. She didn't take it well. No. I don't blame her. Files for divorce. Within six months, my buddy was parts unknown. Never saw him again. No one ever saw him again. He checked out and said, you know what? I screwed up. I made a mistake. So I'm warning men and women, Rachel, women too, mm-hmm. who would take advantage of men. Nothing's free, Willie. It's always you expensive. Always pay Nothing's the free. You, you might not have do. to pay now today. It might be on layaway, but it's coming for you. This Put, is a great lesson we are teaching right now on it's these a lesson. very airways. Right here. Keep your rocket you in your pocket. You always got to pay the piper. You pay. And, I, and, and what was the, I said, what's the upside of that? Uh, what's the downside? Right. Normal life, good lawyer, three kids, money, money security. home in Mason, life's good. Within a year and a half, destroyed, kids without a father, a special needs kid. And she thought you, why do women hang out? Now, this is something from a woman's perspective mm-hmm. I don't think about. Explain this. Uh, well, we had a discussion about other things that we'll, I'll, I'll not mention. But from that discussion, I would say that we came up with the fact that if you can make $75,000 a year or a month off of a certain person, right, who has a certain type of job, then, I mean, Willie, wouldn't you be willing to get pregnant for that? Say that again. <laughs> $75,000 a month, let's say. There are NBA- You'd raise another baby. Can men have babies? I, I don't know. You'd, you'd, cer- you'd certainly Maybe try. anything's possible. So, you know basketball players. Like, can you mention a name? I'm not going to mention baseball, any names, but I, I do know. A, play with the Reds. I, I, do know um, I do know a baseball player or a basketball player that it, it's well known that he has had four children in the span of 12 months with four different Instagram models. How much? How much are we talking? We're we talking serious money. He, serious, serious money. Yeah. And you had also tens of thousands of dollars type of money. Friend of a friend, a famous Reds player several years ago, seventy-five thousand a month in child support. I, I played with Travis Henry. I told you this. He's a running back with the Bills, and then he came with the year with the Titans with us. He played at Tennessee, had I believe thirteen kids with eleven women. Something to that effect. How much? Now, none it's of these women millions. care about you guys. None of these women, they, they don't love you. They just want to check. Stop pretending. Stop playing yourself. Recognize I the game. I understand falling for the trap. Not the trap. I understand making a bad <laughs> choice once. But how does it happen four times in the course of a year? Or like 11 times. Right. Um, you just, what's the upside? What's I think the downside? I think you have to go into it expecting a trap, though. I think you can't let yourself... You know, let your guard down that easy. I mean, and you, so you said you, off there, these women go to upscale. They know they hotels, know where the players bars, stay. They always stay at the same bars. Doctors, they, lawyers, they, athletes. They go to the same bars. They go to the same restaurants. They go to the same hotels all the time. Every time they come into town. Get pregnant. They just the wait. Yeah. They wait. And they wait and they wait. And you had a friend. It was the third. It was the third guy tested. It just keep that, looking yeah. until, until you find the right one. And let's hope you hit a baseball, football, basketball player. Lawyers are low rent. Compared to some of these awards for, and if you quit playing, the judge still says, "Well, you have the. Why didn't you save the money? You, yeah, have, a, that's you not, have an autistic child. It's not his fault that you blew out your knee and can't play anymore. Keep paying. You still have to pay fifty thousand dollars a month right. to your baby mama. Much like uh, Hunter Biden's uh, baby that's mama. It. Same thing. She, he said, "I'm not the baby. Uh, See, I don't I, make I, that. I, I don't make eighty five thousand dollars a month. Well, anymore. Guess well, what he does. And, and now he's getting out of Porsches, and now he's agreed to a child support order. I hope hope these guys enjoyed this for those." 
couple hours of pleasure in relationship to the damage caused to your family. And I tell lawyers, I used to, you know, president young lawyers division. Now I'm up front high state bar association and off to the side. I said, guys, you're still married. You still have responsibilities. That bar is over there. And that's what happens. They come in and they say, Hey, I'm not going to go to some Hooters place. Let's go to the Mm -hmm. fanciest hotel in town and the best. And guess what? If something happens, you're not going to TGI Fridays. You're going to Ruby's. Yeah. If you want a baby daddy. Yeah, you go there and you get... I mean, if you have any sense at all as a woman, yeah. that's where you're going. Um, I've seen it. Just telling it like, so, like and it I tell I'm men, trying to help men out there right now. Right now. There's some man right now is going to go away this weekend and think but about... But men are stupid, Rachel. Men, men are stupid. Right, that's why we're not, we're not like sugarcoating this. People we're not learn nothing to, from like, your words. Right? We're, we're not trying to be optimistic here. I am stupid. legitimately telling Dumb. you she doesn't like you. She just wants your bank account. There you go. And she's willing to trade one thing for another. Men are stupid. Women are conniving and smart. Men are stupid. Keep your rocket in your pocket. I mean, it's not totally a lie. Yeah. No, men are stupid. No, I. 100%. I was gonna the, the 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 conniving part. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw it at Willie's in Covington when the players at Cubs would come in. There'd be ten women there, and uh, they'd look at the Cubs. And now the, it's easier than ever. Mets. Because uh, you have all of these apps that you can get that tracks, you know, your ovulation, your cycle, all of these things. So there's no uh, there's no mystery in it anymore for women that are really trying to make this happen. And if you're truly a professional, you leave nothing to chance. Correct. Correct. You are going to wait for the right time, the opportune moment. There's a red stretcher right there. And he just signed a three year, 64 million dollar contract. Guess what? I love you, man. I really love you. Matt Steinman asked me, would I do that? Would you do that, Rocky? No. Matt Simon said yes. I would say no. But men can't get pregnant. But women are smart and they know how to play the game. Yeah, it's true. So if you're traveling this weekend. Be careful out there. You know what they're after. Not after to your help love. You. To help Sorry you. to dash your dreams. <laughs> yeah, make that, you think. That one night really stand. love you? Is that what you're saying? You? No, that you, one man. night stand really wasn't. That just sexually taken by you. No. no was... You had nice shoes, and she knew how much they cost. So women like this, you're not one of them, of course, or your friends. But you look at the wristwatch and the shoes. Oh, I know. I know some girls. I'm not like that, but I know some girls. Wristwatch and shoes. You, uh, shoes, yeah. Shoes, uh, watches less now because, you know, Everyone's iPhones. Everyone's got those. You need to, you need to be able to, uh, like back check basically do a quick social media search and like see where you know if you're if you're going after professional businessmen like you can check linkedin and see what they're doing you can there from there kind of guesstimate using how technology much. like yeah. eddie fingers goes to a bar you have five or six bar flies looking you at know. eddie fingers you know eddie fingers you makes see, that bank you pull so, up the, uh, the linkedin and it says radio icon i'm in yeah. love i'm in love with that guy right there uh-huh. i love you honey boom it's all over but the shouting and the letter from the county Child support enforcement. That's never a letter you want to get. Child support. Don't be that person. Got to pay the piper. Hopefully he enjoyed it because she's going to. Nothing is free. We all pay somehow. Forewarned is forearmed. Yes. We're trying to help the people right now. All right. Seg will be back tomorrow, we hope. Once again, Matt, get me out of the studio report. Brought to you by Tempstar. Quality you can see. Joining us now is Yid's good friend, uh, Gary Jeff Walker. Gary Jeff, give me. It was so crucial for me to call today uh, to voice my opinion and, and let my feelings be known. Go ahead. Is that Kobe Bryant was the bridge? Uh, obviously, I'm very upset about this because it's what I cared about the NBA, but Kobe Bryant.
Gary Jeff, we got to go. I don't know what to say about that yet. I apologize. Let's continue with more. Rocky and Eddie Fingers, who's the object of barflies on News Radio 700 WLW. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.